Welcome to S-Class, the highest tier in podcasting. With me, nominated for Best Supporting Actor in Makoto Shinkai's Suzumi no Tojimari, it's The Door, played by Robert. Wow, that's an honor, actually. That door played a really big role in that movie. <laughs> you played many doors. I was, I was really impressed by your performance. I'm a man of many openings. <laughs> and I'm your host, lead assistant on the highly acclaimed manga, Boruto to Blue Vortex. It's Justin. Okay, I don't... Is that a Boruto spinoff? <laughs> Boruto has spinoffs now? That's the one where Serata's drawn like horribly, horribly ugly that we both looked at and we almost vomited. That sounds like every Boruto incarnation. <laughs> Pretty much. Robert, we are here today and it is that time of year once again. Today is our 2023 Anime Awards, where our top tier nominees will be competing for seven prestigious honors. If this is your first time here, the way this works is Rob and I have each nominated three to four nominees for each of these categories out of the 71 series that we've watched or read this year, and we'll decide on who is the most worthy to take home that award. Those categories are Best Protagonist, Best Antagonist, Ayako's Best Waifu Award, Best Husbando, Best Song, Best Battle, and our newest category, Best Moment. Rob, have I missed anything? No, that sounds about right. Okay, then. Rob, why don't you kick us off with our Best Protagonist nominees? All right, for Best Protagonist this year, we have Aquamarine Hoshino of Oshinoko. We have Koya Madoka of Overtake. We have Gabimaru the Halu, Halo <laughs> of Hell's Paradise. We have Frieren of Frieren, Beyond Journey's End. We have Mau Mau of The Apothecary Diaries. And we have Rentaro of The 100 Girlfriends Who Really, 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 Really Love You. How many reallys is that? I think it's supposed to be five. <laughs> okay, I think you nailed it. Rob, I gotta ask, what is Rentaro doing here? Oh, no, no, we'll get to that. I, I'm telling you, he's fantastic. I, I watched one episode of that, and I said, this is, I actually laughed out loud, which was impressive, but I was like, this is complete and utter trash. This is like every dumpster on Staten Island combined and like a match thrown in there. It is probably the apex of the smut anime like that i've watched ever it's this is what i've been building up to in terms of smut is 100 girlfriends it's hilarious it's a good time i implore you to watch maybe highlight videos <laughs> i like i like the absurdity of you have to date all these girls simultaneously or they will all die <laughs> yeah there's stakes here justin it's a, it's a, it's a little deal. bit extreme but that I think this conversation yeah. is more for next week's uh, anime of the year. But <laughs> is Rentaro that good? He's he's funny in like his wholesomeness in that he's so genuinely in love with each of these girls. And like <laughs> you know, at the point of the anime where I'm at, there's five of them at this point. And like he does such a good job of like skating through all of them and kind of creating a relationship not only with them but like having them love each other too and it's while it's incredibly smutty and incredible garbage and trash it also has a little bit of heart to it and that's that comes from Renterell, and i appreciate that i don't think he's the actual protagonist of the year and i'm not going to fight for that but i think he definitely earned the honor as my favorite rom-com protag of the year so he's not our first cut i, I think he could be our first cut and i'm okay with that but I do think he deserved this spot. I'm, I'm not going to say that he was undeserving of being here. That's fair. I'll let you suss out some of mine if you're like, no, this person should not be our first cut. We should pick somebody else. Well, 
I, I'd like to hear you talk about Overtake because I recommended Overtake to you, and yeah. you are the one that chose to put Madoka here. Well, you know what? I just thought that it's nice to have uh, a thirty-year-old guy with trauma who has no money and no knowledge, and you know what? He's just he's just doing his best, and you know that's kind of relatable as opposed to a a teenager with superpowers who's just really good at their job. Um, and you know what? I thought, yeah, this guy's not going to win anime protagonist of the year but as i get older i lean a little bit more into the realism and the failure of of those around me and that's what koya madoka is yeah and i I appreciate his kind of like positivity in the face of the fact that like everybody's like this guy's life is kind of terrible like (laughs) you know why are you so positive why are you so happy and then you know when he does get really down and you know he's trying to overcome his trauma his friend is still there supporting him and it's it's kind of nice to see that he's able to you know take that support and give that support back and he's a really good character in the fact that he really feels like he's going through it like uh, i feel that suffering in him but like i also feel like the attempts to get away from it yeah and i think he has just carries a really good energy about him like how, how up to date are you i've watched every episode so far Okay, great. Yeah, I, I just watched, I just caught up yesterday. And like his ability to like communicate with the community and then like bring these positive vibes and then it comes back to him in some sort of karmic way. It, it just feels really nice and rewarding. And it takes a character of his ilk to do this. It's like, it's not because he's good at stuff. It's because he just, he's pouring his heart into it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think he's our protagonist of the year, but I thought he needed to be honored in this way. I really appreciate you putting him on here, honestly. I, I was not expecting to see any overtake takes from you. So uh, this is a welcome pick on your end. So I'm glad he was able to be talked about here. But, I, you know, I, I agree with you that he's probably not our protagonist of the year. Okay, so let's let's put Koya to the side. Thank you for being here. You, you definitely deserve this nomination. Um, sh- should we get rid of Rentaro as well? Yeah, I have no problem or, getting rid of Rentaro. Okay. He's not going to be here. You know what? As, as I go through these, it kind of hurts to kind of cut them or put them to the side because they're all show up quite good. Uh, I'll get rid of Gabimaru the Hollow next. He's a ninja who's way cooler than Naruto. He, I mean, that's not that hard, but I was about to he say, is... so. <laughs> so is Rock Lake. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, this guy, this guy is like the most dangerous ninja in his village or in the world, essentially, and like Rock Lee. Rock Lee. You know, he's just Rock Lee. He's, he's great, but he's not that great. Um, he's Rock Lee who can use ninjutsu, and he kills everybody. So I guess he's not really Rock Lee. Yeah, there goes that. Uh, I, I like him. Um, I really like the story of Hell's Paradise more than I like Gabumaro specifically. Hmm. Okay. He's this, he's this character who is very closed off. He's murdered everybody, and like he was trained to have no emotions. But like there's like a crack in his armor because he's in love with the village leader's daughter but he doesn't even realize it. And while he's executed to death, um, the thing keeping him alive is that love. And he's slowly like peeling away the layers and discovering himself and becoming more human while also just being like a certified badass. I'll just, I'll just talk about one scene about him that I think is really cool. And then we'll cut him. Uh, he has to fight. He's like this little dude, like maybe like five, five tops. And he's just this unintimidating looking ninja. And his, his bodyguard keeper person who, is supposed to execute him says you have to keep your hands tied at all times and they're on an island and he's about to get murdered by this like eight foot guy with every single weapon possible and he's like casually tying up his own arms because his his 
bodyguard is making him <laughs> and while getting like attacked with every weapon possible and then he proceeds to murder the other guy with his hands tied like just casually without even taking any damage so he's a badass short king i appreciate that i can get behind yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah kabimaru the harl can go here okay uh so that leaves us with aqua Freeran, and mau mau and these are three people that i think are going to be the subject of our conversation uh when we get pretty high up in our anime of the year conversation in our next segment but for now i think of these three i like aqua the least and we've spoken about this in many of our other oshinoko videos that we've done together and my biggest issue with aqua is that he doesn't really feel like the character he was when he was still a doctor in Oshinoko. Mm -hmm. It feels like he's a brand new character that is just the only thing remaining from him is hatred and a thirst for revenge. And that's clear. That's what his character is. But it also doesn't work for me because he had 30 years in that other body, in that other life. And I don't really feel like we get any of that life experience other than like the general knowledge you have of being a 30 year old doctor other than that it doesn't feel like he was another person ever and that's my biggest problem with aqua i disagree with you when we did our oshinoko podcast a few months ago i agree with you now really yeah i think originally the part that that hit me was like he he was saying how his two personalities are combining it's untrue because it's just one took over the other the other one never really existed to your point and you know what i would like i would like like the occasional drama to happen where someone falls sick during a play and he's like, I know how to handle this. I don't know. Something right. that really shows that he existed like, as a doctor. Yeah, I, absolutely. That's that's my biggest qualm with Aqua. And I think it's also a testament to Freeran and Mau Mau that I want to get rid of Aqua now. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, actually. Okay, so Aqua's out. Yeah, we can cut Aqua here. But Rob, should we, should we just hand out our silver medal? You want to talk about Mau Mau a little bit? Mau Mau for silver? Stop. You're, you're, you're playing with me. <laughs> you're totally. absolutely playing with me. Well, I think Mau Mau is a phenomenal protagonist, and she absolutely hard carries the Apothecary Diaries, whereas Freerin is more so a product of her world and the characters around her and how they support her, and she's the catalyst for enjoying the interactions with those other characters. But I think Mau Mau pushes along her series in a stronger way than Freeran does. Now, I'm not, I, you know, if, if we agree on Freeran and if you feel more strongly for Freeran, I'm fine giving it to Freeran because I absolutely adore her as well. But I don't think it's like such a hardcore, easy to say, like, yeah, Mau Mau is second. When you make the argument, it does make it harder. L let me talk about Freeran and see if I can shift your opinion back a little bit because I don't want to just. Okay. I, I know how much you love Freeran, but Freeran is this character who. It took her like a thousand years to sort of like learn about her emotions and she is still growing. She's very childlike, but she's also the most powerful mage in all of the world and also very wise in some ways. But she's also such a doofus. Like, like I love <laughs> that she's both incredibly intelligent and powerful, but also like the meme of her always getting eaten by one of the mimics or the fact that she's like me and she can't wake up past like she can't wake up earlier than like 11 a.m. every day and she needs um fern to like brush her hair and wake her up and she has those little stupid like still sleepy eyes um she's adorable and beautiful and hilarious but also so cool 
Um, she's she's a once in a generation character, along with her design, which you've mentioned to me as well, is just amazing. I also love with Freya Ren is that when her and Fern's relationship is developing, you're probably in your head thinking, oh, like Freya Ren is going to be like this motherly figure to <laughs> Fern, right. or even like a sisterly figure to Fern. When the reality is, is that Fern is 100% a mother to Freeren. So Fern is obviously a 17-year-old girl who was raised by, you know, the funny corrupt priest. And Freeren is a thousand years old, but Freeren is the child in this relationship. Yeah, and Fern was also like seven when they first met. And Freeren was still like a thousand, <laughs> right. 980. And now 20 years have passed or 15 years have passed. And now it's role, not even role reversal. Like Fern <laughs> no. was the mother the whole time. <laughs> Which is hilarious. I, I think Freeren has stronger relationships with her characters, with her supporting cast, like you said, um, than Mau Mau. I, I, like I said, Mau Mau is the catalyst of her show and like everything that's going on but i do agree with you in the sense that freeran has so many different fun quirks and layers to her and you know that first episode just watching her emotionally break down finally and like understand who she you know wanted to be and these relationships she kind of overlooked and took for granted i think that was I, one of the most special moments in anime this year um and I think that alone, she is worthy of being best protagonist. You know, you know, as you say that, uh, that moment is not on our best moments list. And maybe it should be. <laughs> I'm well aware of that. I think okay. we might have to work that in. So we, we I'm fine giving Mau Mau second. I'm fine giving Freya Red first. I, I think I think I just wanted to make the argument for Mau Mau. And I, I think she would also be deserving. But Freya Ren is definitely, I mean, she's it. Yeah. She's him. She, she is him. I guess, I guess yeah. a quick obituary to Mau Mau because we haven't really said much about her. I love how she's just sort of, she's just kind of also like a short king. Like, she doesn't really give a shit about what anyone thinks. She's the smartest person in the entire kingdom of China, apparently. And, well, uh, Justin, it's, it's quote unquote totally not China. Because they never actually say it's China. <laughs> oh, excuse me. This very oriental looking place that's not China. Um, and she slaps around like high level priestess, not priestesses, um, maids around like she doesn't give a shit. concubines. Thank you. Um, and she's just kind of a freak also. Like she likes to poison herself just for fun. Um, and she has that kind of like little cat face. She's like, "Mm, I get to like eat poison. That's great. Like she's just a funny character. Um, and I think she's, she's very deserving of being here as well, but I, I just don't know if she holds the candle. Did you, did you have anything else you wanted to add about her? No, I mean, I just think her, like, detective look when she, like, puts her hand on her uh-huh. chin and she just starts thinking. It's just, it, like, it never even feels like it's really that earned that she's, like, developing, like, all of these ideas just because she's an apothecary. Like, yeah, you were apothecary for a brothel for, like, ten years of your life. Why are you this super genius detective like that, man? <laughs> But, like, it doesn't bother me. I just think it's awesome. It's a great show. I I do feel like I'm watching Detective Conan, except I actually enjoy it at times, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Then our Best Protagonist Awards shall go to Free Ren from Free Ren Beyond Journey's End. Perfect. Okay. Then our nominees for Best Antagonist. Fushigoro Toji from Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2. Y-Man from Dr. Stone. Mino from Sasuke's story, The Uchiha and the Heavenly Stardust. Your your antagonists are, are quite a list, Rob. Um, Witch from Gashbell 2, Pacifier Kid from Kill Blue, and Abel Walker, who I don't know from Mashal. 
He's the one with the puppets. I, I'm not up to date on Magil at all. Um, tell me about Abel Walker before we cut him, or if he makes it a little bit further. I don't know. Nah, he can be cut. He's he's like the overprivileged like bad guy number one in Mashal, who grew up you know really rich and wealthy, but his mother gave away like their wealth, and then she got killed by a poor person. So now he hates poor people. He's and, Brandon. Like his whole thing is just yeah, his whole thing is just exterminate. I want to exterminate like the weak. I want to exterminate the poor. They don't deserve to be like among the elite. <laughs> oh my uh, god, he is Brandon. Just like he's funny. It's because Mashal is hilarious and like. Him, his fight with Mashal is actually pretty cool. Like Mashal's punching through all his puppets and all that. Um, yeah, Mashal's not deep. These characters aren't deep, but it was a a really fun fight to watch in the anime. So for that, it was worth it for him to be on my list. Also, I don't really watch a lot of shows with like antagonists anymore, like with <laughs> you know battles and things like that. So uh, my options are slim. Does he go to Magical Yale? Oh yeah, he, well Magical Princeton. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there goes Abel Walker. Mmm, Princeton. <laughs> Rob, can I cut another one of yours? <laughs> Which one? I think you only have one contender here, and it's not Witch. It's not Witch. <laughs> it's not Witch. Why, why Honestly, does Witch make it on here? The Witch, the Witch from Gashville is only here from like because of the one panel of her just being like really dejected, and it, she just makes a really like blank stare, and it, it had me laughing, so... I, I, that's the only reason she is here for making me laugh. I barely remember which, except I'm like, why is there a Halloween witch in Gash Bell right now? Also, yeah, it, it makes no sense. There's no reason for a witch to be in this series, just like as a typical Halloween looking witch. Jeez. <laughs> I, I'm so frustrated right now. Those two slots could have been filled with such better characters, Rob. I get three slots, you get three slots. Those are my antagonists of the year. Okay. Would you like to take one of mine down? I I figure you have a target on my Yeah, I, I don't even know what is in the Sasuke one, but that, that one's gone. I, I, okay. I'm not doing this whole Naruto, you love Sasuke, dinosaur bullshit anymore. No, no, no. I, I'm so tired of hearing about these dinosaurs. Okay, I was going to say you're wrong because I don't love Sasuke. I love the dinosaurs. And Mino is the velociraptor that Sasuke has to fight in Ninja Prison. And and the the velociraptor was brought back from the dead, but then Sasuke becomes friends with him, and then the Velociraptor dies at some point. But think about it. Sasuke is riding a Velociraptor, and they're best friends. It's the most friendship Sasuke's ever had in his whole life. Think of that story arc. Mino, antagonist of the year. Yeah, I thought about it. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> okay. Rest in peace, Mino. You die once again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now, I noticed you have Y-Man on here. Did you read Dr. Stone? I am complete with Dr. Stone. Or are you still Stone? going based on the anime? I am completely done. Okay, so you, you finished reading the manga. I have finished reading the manga. Wow, okay. That's interesting. Um, I think Y-Man was terrifying when they first introduced him. You get this message from the moon saying you want to die with this like horrifying Boichi brilliant artwork of this like skull human. And you're like, who the hell is this? And then they have Senku's voice. And then you figure out what's the deal with Y-Men. And I don't know if you're disappointed, but you're not impressed. I'll tell you, I was definitely disappointed. Because um, I was reading Dr. Stone week to week. And like reading it week to week, I was like, okay, please tell me there's something else behind this. And then it just is what it was. And I was, I was definitely disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely... I think I had to like huff some copium to be like... 
it's not as bad as it seems because it really was not ideal. It was not a great way to end the series and it wasn't the worst, but it definitely wasn't. It wasn't the buildup. It wasn't a climax that you're looking for at all. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't the final antagonist I was hoping we'd get out of Dr. Stone, but Dr. Stone is still kind of ongoing. We've gotten, uh, we've been getting new chapters. Uh, we've gotten, I think, two so far. So it's like a little mini run of Dr. Stone. So at least it's not done yet. I think if it ended right after Y-Man and how it ended, I would have been more disappointed with Dr. Stone. But it doesn't seem like they're in a rush to be like 100% done with Dr. Stone anytime soon. Minor, I guess kind of a big spoiler alert. So like just skip the next 30 seconds if you want to read Dr. Stone and haven't yet. I like how Y-Man's like their friend now and he's just like a little soda can that hangs out with them. <laughs> Everyone becomes their friend in Dr. Stone. <laughs> That's the perfect world they were hoping to achieve. It is. It is. They they are the kingdom of science, and they have succeeded in everything that they've dreamed of. But Y-Man Why Why is only on this list for like the initial 200-chapter vibes, and Y-Man has to go here. Yeah, I agree. But his first chapter alone is definitely like unsettling, and that's that's awesome yeah. to say, because Dr. Stone is just a normal you know, shonen manga, but like that first time we're like seeing that like you said that creepy like boichi artwork with all the lies it's it's pretty good yeah so that leaves us with two characters <laughs> pacifier kid from kill blue and second place some mook from jujutsu he's Kaji. not a mook he's like the coolest guy ever do you know who this guy is is he the stupid lava head guy? No, the lava, lava head, head guy whatever. sucks. No, I call the lava head guy uh, <laughs> the ultimate jobber. <laughs> the ultimate jobber. Yeah, lava head guy is this guy. All right, why am I talking about lava head guy? No, fuck him. We're talking about. Yeah, why not? He's not no, part We're of talking this. about Fushiguro Toji. All right, first of all, just Google him. This dude is a sexy motherfucker. Like the amount of fitness YouTubers who started saying how to get a physique like Fushiguro Toji that came out after he made his appearance is just absurd. Because everyone wanted these like thick ass forearms and this V shaped taper on their chest because he's he's just sexy as hell. <laughs> I do see him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this dude, this he dude is. is daddy. Um, there's that, and also he shows up out of nowhere in season two of Jujutsu Kaisen in a flashback, and you're like, who is this guy? He seems pretty badass, but this guy has no curse energy, which is essentially like the chakra or key of this series. He's Rock Lee. But badass, Rockley returns again. Um, and Gojo, who you know, Gojo is essentially God. Like Gojo has this ability that creates like a magical infinite barrier within like a few inches of him. So like, even if you punch him, you're kind of punching this invisible barrier, so he can never actually get hurt. And and let's just say Fushiguro Toji fucks him up pretty good, and that just like breaks your mind when it happens because that shouldn't <laughs> be happening in the series. So the moment when they when they fight, um, it's amazing. He's I, I just want him to step on me. Yeah, I, I would also welcome him stepping on me. I, I think he's worthy of antagonist of the year. Do you want Pacifier Kid stepping on you? No, he, he kind of creeps me out, honestly. <laughs> he's, he's a mean character, but he was fun. I really love Kill Blue. And he, I think, represents Kill Blue to me. Kill Blue is a new Shonen Jump series this year about an assassin that gets turned into a kid and he goes into middle school to try to figure out how to turn back into an adult. And other assassins are after him, and one of which is a middle school-aged <laughs> kid that fucks on a pacifier. 
and that's kind of all there is to him <laughs> but it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of hilarious and he owns it and he's still somehow relevant in the series even though he was like the first kind of you know villain of the week but uh <laughs> he's still there he's still kicking it and he's still making me laugh he's easily my favorite character in the series <laughs> yeah, it's funny I, I like in the most one of the more recent chapters um he's like if i win this noran you have to read me a storybook <laughs> unhinged and yeah, he's unhinged. a proud winner of silver medal for best antagonist congratulations fuchigoro toji on our winner for best antagonist absolutely robert <laughs> it is time for our third category ayako's best wife award can you please read out the nominees we have Freeren of Freeren Beyond Journey's End. We have Yuzuriha of Hell's Paradise. Fuji Kurio of Blue Period. Ayako-chan from the first Slam Dunk. <laughs> we have Riza, aka Thaiza, of Atelier Riza. And we have Tana of Oshinoko. Now, Justin, let's let's say why this award is called the Ayako-chan Waifu of the Year, right? Because three years ago, when we first did this in 2021, uh-huh is when I watched Slam Dunk for the first time, and I was 100% committed to Ayako being our waifu of the year. Right. And you refused to let it happen. You decided to give it, We I think we give it to like your or some bullshit like that. <laughs> Such a boring, like bland, easy choice. And then last year, you realized the error of your way, that right. Ayako-chan was absolutely a worthy waifu. Correct. So then this year, we both saw the first Slam Dunk in theaters together. We had a great time. Ayako-chan was in that movie, and it's technically new content, so she has returned to this list. Correct, right? Correct. This is all correct. Everything you said so, is correct. wouldn't it make sense for her to win this award? I think Ayako is the first cut out of these six ladies. And you know what, Justin? I agree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to fight hard. I was like, this out of every version of Ayako-chan that I've seen, this is the absolute worst version of her. Agreed. She deserves to be on this list because there is new Ayako content that came out in 2023, but her 90s design is so peak and such utter perfection that anything else that comes after it pales in comparison. And unfortunately, you know, it is what it is. You know what? I honestly would have given her the award, even if I didn't think she was deserving, if they wrote in more backstory for her and what's his name? <laughs> Shit. But she didn't even Miyagi. She Miyagi, didn't thank any... you any like role in this movie really. she was so useless more useless than usual and they had so much opportunity to build out the pierce world and turn her into like a real character yeah. that kind of motivated him encouraged him and helped him become a better basketball player today and they they just failed to do that and not only that she doesn't look like she's on the chapter 19 cover she does not have that beautiful glowing tan she's got to go no no it's just it's not the same character unfortunately Oh, sadly it's not no this is you or me uh it doesn't matter i guess i sort of know your characters a little bit do you have questions about either of mine which is the blue period girl do i know this one i don't think you do she showed up in the most recent volume of blue period okay i'm not cut off on the manga i'll try to keep this short which i have trouble doing but um basically uh yatora's doing really having a really hard time at school it's his second year, and um, he meets this girl who's kind of like a weird sort of cult leader. Like It's kind of like an art commune where people can stay for free, and they all cook together, and they chill. But this girl is just like a vibe. She's like 
don't let those art people at school kill your vibe. And she she's just like super cute, but also super beautiful and mysterious. And she makes Yatora feel like he's understood and like he loves art again, even though he's started hating it over the last year of being in university because they're like, what's your technique? Why did you make this painting? All this stuff. Um, I don't think she only has one volume. I really love her, but I think she can probably go here, even though she might make my top two waifus of this year. I'm looking at pictures of her now. She definitely does seem like your type. <laughs> what, Asian? <laughs> Asian, long black hair. Yeah, there you go. Slim. <laughs> she got some old pies, though. Yeah, yeah. So that's maybe not 100% your type. But <laughs> There you go. Fuji Curio. All right. Uh, Atelier Rises is it's, it's, it's such a nothing series. I'm, <laughs> the only reason it exists is for thigh shots. And let me tell you, it's worth it for the thigh shots. But Ryza is just your boring, normal, like, I want to explore the world. I want to become, you know, whatever. Uh, a, what does she want to do? Uh, alchemy. She wants to be al an alchemist. And, you know, lo and behold, she's just exploring the world and gathering materials and doing some alchemy and having some thigh shots. As a character, not that interesting. As a thigh, I, I I don't think I've ever seen a better anime thigh. Do you know who I feel bad for? Those stockings. Those stockings are doing <laughs> everything that they can to contain those thighs, and they are they're trying their best, but they cannot. There must have been some hardcore alchemy to get those things to not rip every time they're put on around those. <laughs> yeah, Atelia Thiza, you go out here, but I don't. I haven't even watched it, and I I recognize those thighs. If it was just Rise's thighs for the nominee, I think she'd win hands down best protagonist. But <laughs> since it's Rise of the whole character, you know, she's got to knock her down a few pegs. Uh, we, we've talked ad nauseum about free run at this point. I'll talk about Yuzuriha, who I've talked about earlier in the year. She's a sexy ninja whose special ability is cum. Ah, that's right. Yes, I remember this now. <laughs> um there there's this one scene where they're fighting this godlike demon monster and the demon monster has these like vines that like if they hit you you're pretty much dead so she uses her cum ability on her comrades to make them slippery and at one point she's applying it on this other sexy girl called sagiri who almost made best waifu and she's like licking her hand while she's applying it and sagiri's like do you have to lick it she's like no <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, she's, she's sort of for the streets, which I don't know if that makes her best waifu or not. Yeah, I, I don't know if waifu is the best, uh, best term for her. It, it doesn't sound like she's waifu material. I don't, but she made me feel she's a little dirty. <laughs> she's definitely dirty. But were it doki dokis? <laughs> it doesn't feel like it was doki doki that you were feeling. I felt something, but I'm not sure if it was in my heart. Yeah, I, I don't know about this one. <laughs> Maybe Yuzuriha has to go. If it, if it was, like, best something else, I don't know, not waifu, maybe she could stay. Also, she'd also probably definitely betray yeah. you and cheat on you. Yeah, this is a terrible choice. I don't even know why you listed her, Justin. You heard my reasons. Oh, yeah, I don't want to Look, now we have, we have Kana left, and I know how much you hate Kana. So what, what, what are we even doing here? Like, we're not going to let Kana win. So why even have the conversation? Tell us about why you love Kana so much. She's, uh, what was the vegetable that she was? I was literally <laughs> thinking about that. What was it? A Brussels sprout? Oh, bell pepper. Bell pepper. She's bell pepper girl. <laughs> bell pepper. She's bell pepper girl. Uh, that's enough for me. I don't know. I, I kind of like Kana's, like, I don't want to say brokenness, but, like, just, like, <laughs> you, her 
her failure, like she's just lived. You want to fix her upper? Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like I can fix her. <laughs> <laughs> she's got she's got big. I can fix her vibes. I don't know. She's just she goes through so much failure, like failed child actor into failed like middle school actor into failed whatever she is now. Like she's the the loser of you know uh, B Komachi. Well, that's really Memcho, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of feels like a loser. <laughs> Memcho is so irrelevant that we forgot about her, which by default makes kind of a loser. Exactly. <laughs> okay, but how does all that compare to getting a head pat from Freerun? Oh my god, I would do absolute insane things to get a head pat from Freerun. I would. I would wait a thousand years just to get a head pat from Freerun. I would. I would crawl a thousand miles just to get a head pat from Freerun over broken glass. <laughs> And the funny thing is, her head pads don't even, like, look good. Like, she doesn't know how to do it properly. She just, like, smacks them on the head and, like, shakes their head around. She feels like when I go to the supermarket, I'm looking for a watermelon. And, like, just, like, smacking that thing. is like, is this the right one? It is not It's not cozy. It's definitely not a cozy head pad. Are you caught up on Freerun? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I also just love the fact that she can't comprehend the fact that she isn't the MILF that, like... <laughs> She thinks she is just because she's a thousand years old. She's like, no, you're you're not exactly what I'm looking for. And then the priest is like, can someone take this child away? <laughs> it's just so funny. I, she she's subtle in her, her you know design too. She's like she's cute, but she you also feel that like power from her emanating, and it's like it's really I don't know it's really cool about her because you have this small petite elf that you would normally think is unassuming, but there's something about her face where you know she's strong. Like, you know she's powerful and can handle anything. And I think that aspect of her design is one of the most impressive parts of her. Yeah, they've done they've done a really good job. And also, you say she's petite, but she's also low-key got like a donk, which they need to animate <laughs> anytime they're inside of an inn. Um, they've done quite a good job with that. That's true. And then we had that like weirdly explicit foot shot of her in a recent episode mm-hmm. is that the one where she was also <laughs> oh and there's also the scene where they pour the naked potion on her yes <laughs> they know what they're doing but we got like we get this like weird like slow close-up on her feet which i wasn't complaining about I, i'm not like saying anything bad about it i'm just saying it was kind of unexpected but i, I appreciated it white <laughs> of the year absolutely our double winner free rin from free rin journey's end uh, the winner of Ayako's Best Waifu Award. Well deserved. Not Ayako. (laughs) Not Ayako, sadly. (sighs) Rob, can you read out the nominees? Oh, just kidding. I will read out the nominees for the Best Husbando Award. We have Jinshi from Apothecary Diaries. We have Nanami from Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2. Shion from Hell's Paradise. Chair from Suzume. Himil from Freerun. And Meltkun from Oshinoko. All right, so we're not getting rid of Meltkun, obviously. I will let Meltkun stay one slot. <laughs> Meltkun is absolutely the meme pick of all of these categories this year. Meltkun, I don't know how he made it here over Pion Pion, who's also a meme pick. <laughs> no, but Meltkun's even more of a meme pick. He's like a one episode irrelevant, like shitty actor in Oshinoko that kind of gets his comeuppance and that's all there is to him he's 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 not a character but for some reason he just kind of stuck with me i'm a melt coon guy does the internet love melt coon as much as you love melt coon 
Or is this a Rob thing? No, I don't thing? think anybody does. I think that's just a meme thing. <laughs> we can dump Nels Kuhn, obviously. He's the meme pick. Okay, I think... <laughs> Wait, it's... <laughs> Someone else has to go before Mel Kuhn. No. Oh. Who are you thinking? Well, I was even thinking. I was just going to say, we have a literal chair as one of our picks, and yet Mel Kuhn is the meme pick. Oh, you know what? I was going to say Jinshi has to go because he doesn't have a penis. I'm not sure that he doesn't have a penis, though. I thought about that for a second. But as far as my knowledge today goes, he does not have a dick. But I feel like Mau Mau has brought to our attention at least like three or four times the fact that he doesn't have a dick. That makes me think that he's definitely going to have one. You know what I mean? So is Jinji staying on this list because there's potential that he has a penis? (laughs) (laughs) I just think they're trying to make us think he's a eunuch so much that I wouldn't be surprised that he isn't. Hmm. Okay. So, so, you know. You know. You wait, 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 wait. Why are you sitting here saying that just because he doesn't have a dick that he can't be a best husband, though? You know, we all have needs. Let me stop you right there and leave. You know who also doesn't have a penis? Chair. The chair? Yeah. We can get rid of the chair. House moving castle ass motherfucker. Yeah, I didn't even like that movie that much, honestly. I tried rewatching it too. It's on Crunchyroll now, and it just it just didn't hit the way your name weathering with you did. I would not try to rewatch this movie because I I have this picturesque image of this where I'm like, it's not as bad as everyone says, and I'm gonna keep it that way. It's not even that it was. It's not even that it was that bad. It just it just felt way too paint by numbers by the book. It was like exactly what a Makoto Shinkai movie should be and would be, and it was just kind of boring, honestly. Well, frankly, I'm looking forward to the Volcano movie that's coming out next year. Oh, there's a new one? No, I'm joking. <laughs> but you believed me. Another tragedy. <laughs> but yeah. you believed me. Another natural disaster. <laughs> the one where Mount Fuji explodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd buy it. All right, so we're getting rid of Cher. We're getting rid of Meltku. And are we getting rid of Jinshi? Uh, I don't know. Jinshi can stay a little bit longer. Do you have anyone else you want to get rid of? I can get rid of Xion. Xion's uh, this blind swordsman who's has like who's kind of a badass who fights all the god demons uh, in Hell's Paradise. I forgot his name. I mean, I, I did watch Hell's Paradise earlier in the year, but I think that's a testament to where he stands amongst these rankings. He's pretty sexy, um, and he's pretty cool, but he can go here. Okay, so that leaves us with Jinshi, Nanami, and Himmel. Mm-hmm. So Nanami, is he the guy with the tie? He is the guy with the tie. and I, just, I always see this guy with like the leopard print tie. From Jesus Kaiser. He is he is not a new character for me this year, but I I just felt the need to call him out because he was he was the perfect husbando and daddy this year. First off, character design wise, he came back and he had these like thick, juicy forearms, and the internet was just like fiending for him. I was also fiending for him. Uh there, <laughs> there's there's this meme of um him pulling this guy's hair as he beats the crap out of him. And it's like a zoom in on him pulling oh, the hair. And oh, I've seen that on TikTok. <laughs> and the people yeah, are like... With like cosplayers dressed up as him and just like, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've seen this. I'm familiar with this now. <laughs> and then there's like a meme of people being like, the author, Gugakitami, is like, this is important for the plot. It is like a zoom in, hyper detailed <laughs> of his forms and his veins, pulling the hair. Um, so there, there's... I am familiar with this. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Um, so there's like the sexy aspect of him, but also he's just super reliable. Like he has no super special powers. Like he has 
peaked out everything that he's could about what he can be in terms of his special abilities, but he's just always there protecting his students. There's one scene where one character, Megumi, is about to get like attacked by this super demon and he like cuts him straight in half. He's like, I'm here to protect you. Or another one where the scene where he's pulling that, that guy's long hair and um, another girl's about to get killed and he comes in and punches this guy through a wall to save her. Like he just shows up over and over and over again. Um, and he's, he's just the man. I don't know. I think he, I think he might be deserving of our award this year, Justin. Now that I'm like remembering that I've, I've seen this like big time meme of him, like, <laughs> and, like just countless cosplayers, like doing him doing the hair pulling thing. I, I think he, he might be worthy of it. He's definitely daddy. I, I honestly, I think he is. I think the only thing holding him back is he probably gets a small tax because he is not new. Which is what made me hesitate right, for to put this him on year. Here. But I, I don't think his competition mm. is that stiff, frankly. Well, <laughs> Jinshi might not even ever be stiff. <laughs> so, <laughs> why do you talk about Himmel? I think the fascinating thing about Himmel is that he is a character that does not even actually exist in our you know current timeline of Freerin. He is a flashback character. We get bits and pieces of his life throughout the series and his relationship with Freerin and how genuine he is as a person, as a hero, as, you know, he's the hero because the world needs a hero, not because he's like this super special person. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, in the most recent episode, he had the Riz to dialed up to a billion percent. I mean, the way he slips that ring onto Freerin's finger is like... 10 out of 10. <laughs> Dude, that made me Doki Doki, which could also go on our best moments of the year, but is not on there. <laughs> we got we to gotta figure that out when we, we get that. We might need to ad-lib <laughs> this a little bit when we get to best moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I really like him, and the more we get to know him through flashbacks, the more I like him. I don't think he has enough screen time to make our husband. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. And Jinshi doesn't have a penis, maybe. So should we give it to Nanami? Yeah. I think we should give it to Nanami. Okay. Strictly because I wouldn't mind having him pull my hair. <laughs> and winner of our Best Husbando Award of 2023 is Nanami and his hair pulling. Yeah, there we go. I don't even, I don't even watch Jitsu Kaisen, but I, even I know this one. <laughs> I'll send you the clips. You can watch it. <laughs> Please do. Rob, why don't you read off our nominees for Best Song? All right. Best Song. We have Work, Health Paradise. Ao no Sumika, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2. Broken Games, Shangri-La Frontier. Yusha, Freeran. Mellow, Skip and Loafer. Idol, Oshinoko. Um, this is a really interesting list. I've listened to all the songs. Um, uh, of course, you have as well. And... At first, when I listened to Jujutsu Kaisen's opening, it felt really like bland and generic by the book's battle shown in OP. But then I thought about it, and I loved that so much that it was like it, it felt like just like a norm, like an old school Naruto opening. <laughs> like it just felt like it felt perfect. Like they don't do like dumbass battle shown in like OPs like that anymore. Like the song itself didn't really feel like it fit the series. But I love that aspect of it. It's so interesting that you say that because I don't think that way at all. For me, it feels like really, it, it feels like this sort of like love song between um, 
Ghetto, who is now evil, and uh, Gojo in their friendship right. through high school because it's kind of a flashback arc and it kind of tells like all these beautiful times that they had together but you know what's really happened since then so i don't know it, it tugs at the heartstrings it does not feel like a generic anime opening but i'm glad you liked it i, I think maybe because i don't have the context it feels like a generic sure, sure. anime opening but i didn't mind that aspect of it it just kind of felt like you know an old school like where you'd have you know naruto openings where like some of them are just like absolute weird ass bops that don't feel like they belong, but like it just works because that's what it is. And it, for me, it felt like that, and I really enjoy that aspect of it. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. I, I will. You complimented one of mine. I shall compliment yours, which I don't know, which is "Mellow" by Skip and Loafer. And I watched this yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What is this boring ass slideshow ass presentation?" <laughs> Until it gets to the halfway point where they have the most immaculate dancing and it's so sweet yep. and so cute and charming. And I don't even know these characters, but I was like in love with their relationship just from this like one minute dance scene that they had together. Yeah. Really beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I'd love to skip them over uh, opening. It, it feels very wholesome and it, it's a very soft song and it, it, it nails that sweet aspect of the series itself. It's not a smutty rom-com. I wouldn't even necessarily call it a romantic comedy as much as it is like a, maybe slice of life romance and it just you, you kind of like feel that easiness and that young love from mm-hmm. that opening and i i did love that aspect of it um i the only one i didn't really outright like was the hell's paradise that's obviously. my favorite one of the year in terms of just music really yeah in terms yeah of- it didn't it did nothing for me the the cinematics itself i didn't i didn't really like um, and the song itself just it, it felt generic, but not like in the fun way that I thought Jujutsu Kaisen's was. I don't remember the the actual images playing right now, but I know that I've listened to that every episode when I watched it every week. Um, right. So that's interesting to hear. Uh, but I'm I'm okay with getting rid of it because it is our co list. Um, I, I threw Broken Games on here from Shangri La Frontier recently. Uh, it's just a bop. It's like heavy metal. Like, yeah, I was actually going to put it on my list uh, anyway. So the fact that you put it on yours is perfect for me because I, I love it as well. Yeah, it's it's not something you get from your usual anime opening. And you just have this like stupid birdhead guy walking through the darkness <laughs> in the most badass way. Uh, but it's also like, yeah, I'm going to do like bicep curls for days listening to this song. Yo, it, sh- it absolutely shreds. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like amazing. Da, 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 yeah. da, like, it's, it's, it's a bop. I love it's it. It's a bop for sure. Um, I, I think the one that doesn't really do much for me is Yusha by Free Ren. I think it's like a nice song, but I don't think that the, the OP art is particularly interesting. I don't disagree. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like it's only here because of just merit you know what i mean like it's here because it kind of has to be here (laughs) i don't i I don't think it's the song of the year for sure can i hit you with a hot take yeah absolutely i think that in the back of our heads idol is the anime song of the year but i don't think it's either of our favorites is that true or not? I 100% agree with you. Oh my I 100% god! 100% agree. I feel like Idol is supposed to be our answer, and Idol is supposed to be the one that, like, you know, everybody will list as their OP of the year, and it's phenomenal. It's fantastic. It's a great song, independent of, you know, Oshinoko, and it works phenomenally as an OP for Oshinoko, but it's not my favorite. 
it, it feels like a war crime to not give the award to it. But <laughs> I honestly don't know. If, it, it, I think if we can find an alternative, I think we should. If if we both like a song enough that it's better than that, even though it doesn't feel right. I don't know. I want to. I fucking shred to <laughs> shred Shangri La Frontier for the rest of my life. I'm gonna be Isn't jamming that weird? Games for years to come. <laughs> Is Broken Games our song of the year? Have you ever seen that meme where it's like that British guy looking at the two cars and he's the one car is like, this is brilliant. And then he goes to the other car, but I like this. Like Oshinoko, that's brilliant, but I like Broken Games. I don't know if that needed to be a meme. I haven't seen that one before, but yeah, I get the no, vibe. It's an ancient meme. It's been around a long time, but like, it's just like, I know this is like superior and perfect, but this is the one I like. It's the analogy I always make, which is like, I'm not picking Citizen Kane over Space Jam any day of the week right and and idol is our citizen kane and we're jamming to broken games this year hell yeah <laughs> wow winner winner of best song very unexpected i honestly thought that like the way we were going i was like maybe jujitsu kaisen will win this but um the winner of best song of 2023 broken games by shangri-la frontier hell yeah <laughs> rob we were like in sync this year yeah, this is this is some year, honestly. I'm I'm really impressed with with us how we're able to connect. <laughs> what's the what's the year? Was it two years ago where like you hated me? Where we were giving Yatsuba like every award, and you were like, "This is ridiculous. I can't do this." <laughs> honestly, I think Yatsuba deserved more awards that year, and I was just frustrated. But I, th- I think we stole a couple away from Yatsuba. <laughs> we made up for it this year. We made up for it. Um, best battle. Rob, I think this is another one of those categories where you should lose one of your spots. <laughs> I mean, I respectfully would be okay with that. Uh, wait, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. We, no, we, no, we got to keep it three and three. And yeah, uh, I actually yeah, put yeah. four on here um, just because I want to at least call out a few because I watched a lot of Battle Shonen this year. Anyway, let me read out the nominees um, for Best Battle. Sakamoto Nagumo Rion. Kindaka versus the Assassins from Sakamoto Days. I'll talk about this later. Jujutsu Kaisen, Itadori Yuji, and Megumi versus Awasaka. Mm-hmm. Asumi versus Taiga from Martial Master Asumi. Sagiri and Shion versus the Tensen in Hell's Paradise. Fulgore and Kenshome in Gash Bell 2. I versus Flowers, Oshinoko, <laughs> and the soccer match of Kill Blue. <laughs> Before we get to the Jujutsu Kaisen, I just want to ask, what is I versus Flowers? Well, I lost her battle against the bouquet of flowers that stabbed her in episode one of Oshinoko. <laughs> I was like, was there another K-pop or J-pop group that I just totally miscalled the flowers or something? No, it was the literal bouquet of flowers that stabbed her. Okay, I don't feel so bad putting four anymore. <laughs> So are we saying that is getting eliminated? I think that's our first cut, Rob. Respectfully disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the one thing I want to say about Jujutsu Kaisen, if you double click on the cell, there's like nine other fights in here. Because I think in any other year, or honestly, I could just make a list just trying to figure out what was the best battle of Jujutsu Kaisen this year. That's how balls to the walls this series was. And the animation was just out of this world, like probably the best animated series of all time and including the battles. 
for people who have watched the series, the battle I chose is not really a memorable one. So why did you choose it? Um, is it a meme pick or is I, it a special like story-wise pick? It's neither, honestly. I think it's just technically the most sound. Um, it's our two main characters fighting against like a minor-ish villain who's actually super strong and they are throwing their hardest hitting attacks against him, but it's just not landing. And you know they're going to beat him because he's not he's not sexy and main character enough to to survive this. Um, but like the two of them have to like think through how they're going to do it, and they strategize and they're using all their techniques to to break him down, and eventually they win. Um, and I thought it was just a masterfully done fight. I have like nine other fights on here that are all like big hitters of these monstrous proportions where like cityscapes are being imploded upon. I think the reason I don't love some of those fights, even though they are amazing spectacles is because they don't feel like fights. They just feel like animators jerking themselves off at times. Ah, I got and it doesn't like, feel like flexing what they can do. Yeah. And it doesn't really feel like a technical battle. It doesn't feel like I'm using this because of that reason. And you're, I'm using that technique versus you to counter that. It just feels like I'm Kamehameha with, KO Ken times 10 and I'm going times 11 and they're just sort of taking turns doing that which feels less technical even if more impressive on a cinematic front but this isn't getting eliminated right we're going to come back to this no I just needed to yeah give the context of why it's that fight yeah I had a few other contenders which people please write which one do you like the best but that's I'm the, probably the only person in the world who likes that fight the most <laughs> that's interesting though in its own right Okay, so we're, we're eliminating my eye versus flowers, clearly. Um, I, Kill Blue, the soccer match, it's a good time. Kill Blue's just a comedy series. The soccer match is, <laughs> is our main character, Pacifier Kid, versus basically Shohei Otani, except he's great at every sport that exists. It's, it's a fun, dopey <laughs> comedy fight. It was a good time. Not beating any of these high-tier animated <laughs> moments. Uh, I will cut the Sigiri and Shion versus the Tencent. This is the fight where Yuzuriha licks come on everybody. Okay, we've um, we've, we've talked about that. <laughs> but it's got to go. Fair. Let's talk about MMA, Justin. Yeah, so, sure. I think you have stronger feelings about the... I love this series. It's Martial Master Asumi. It's a new Shonen Jump manga. It's about 20 chapters in. Um, I think you appreciate it more as somebody that does mixed martial arts and is more familiar with that world. I still really enjoy it. And I thought, you know, this was the final fight of our first tournament arc of the series. And um, it was one of those fights where I gen genuinely wasn't sure who was going to win. I think that's always like mm -hmm. an added bonus when it really could go either way. So I definitely enjoyed that aspect yeah. of it. But I think you can touch upon more maybe of the technical aspects and why you put it here. I think technically it was a masterpiece. Like there's no, every, every single thing could have actually happened in a real fight. In my experience, the finishing move where he's pushed up against the corner of the cage and he transitions into a choke after getting like cornered and not being able to punch him that I was actually like, Holy shit. Like you could actually do that. Um, and I think you really can. Um, so it kind of blew my mind and because this one's more grounded and you really don't know, like is, is our main character going to set back? or not like it kind of keeps you on the tips of your toes which you don't always get um so i think i think this one i kind of like keeping for a little bit longer maybe oh yeah no i wasn't arguing against it i just wanted to talk about it yeah i think i think it was a phenomenal fight ah uh, i know my other one is fulgorian contrame and i love gash bell so much and these are my two favorite characters of gash bell 
and their fight was hilarious and it was a great time <laughs> and i was so happy and ecstatic to see them again but I, I think i think it's hard especially with the subject of best battle for a manga like gash bell that's not necessarily known for its paneling or art or anything to beat out either a you know a beautifully animated series like Jujutsu Kaisen or b a manga like Sakamoto Days which is honestly probably the best ongoing manga I'm reading in terms of action and paneling so while I enjoy the story relevance of you know Gash Bell more as an actual battle I I think you know it, it can't go further than this I thought that the battle was actually excellent. The The problem is like, again, the opposite of what happened in Martial Master Asumi, where like, you know, Kenchome and Falgori are going to win. It's just a matter of how. Right. And the way they do so is hilarious. And that technique is so ridiculous, but so appropriate for Kenchome to have. I, I could see this going further, but if, if we don't think it's going to make the finals, then it can it can go here as well. No, I mean, what do we have left then? It's Jujutsu Kaisen and Sakamoto Days. Uh, and, and MMA, yeah. Martial Master Asumi. In a weird way, I kind of want to get rid of Jujutsu Kaisen. And I don't know if I'm being unfair to it, but it feels like when you go to a buffet and you just eat the most luxurious food meal after meal and you're like, none of this even tastes special anymore. <laughs> I, I think you know what I'm saying? Like, you just want a Big Mac. Sometimes you just want a Big Mac or sometimes you just want to eat kind of crap throughout the day and then you have that one special meal where you're like wow that's delicious and that's sort of what i feel like we get with sakamoto and right. mma so touch upon this actual fight from sakamoto because sakamoto has countless battles you could also choose from this year oh this is this is the best one i think maybe <laughs> yeah i think so um first off maybe the goat of all flashbacks in shonen battle um sakamoto's schooling days where they're sent on a mission where they're sent to fail like their teachers don't like them and they want them to die so they it's send them on this mission, mission. Yeah. it's a suicide mission thank you and um they're like up to the test they're like they don't know it's a suicide mission so like okay let's just do the job and we'll go back to school and they end up on a mission to protect the president's wife and kid yeah. i believe and they are just like 17 18 year old kids and they're fighting against like world-class assassins um under these really brutal conditions of protect this defenseless kid and wife um, against these poison users and people surrounded by snipers around them. Um, and you get to see each of these characters on full display of what they're capable of, which made it really, really just a spectacle. I think Sakamoto Days is a 10 out of 10 in terms of being an action series. And I think this is the peak of Sakamoto Days, right? Mm-hmm. What I mean, are your thoughts on this no, battle? I think this battle has, you know, some of the coolest, craziest moments of Sakamoto days in general. I mean, the things he was doing with a motorcycle don't even make sense, <laughs> but they do in the context of Sakamoto days. Uh, it's just, it, it's it's an outrageous, outrageous battle, but everything makes sense within this world. And that's what's so amazing about Sakamoto days is like the action is so like, john wick-esque hilariously out there and outrageous but it takes itself not seriously but like it makes you believe that this is like real and i it's just it's so well drawn and i think it absolutely would be worthy of being our best battle before we award who wins this i do need to say that i think that 
Jujutsu Kaisen, Martial Master Asumi, and Gash Bell might be better battles compared to this. I think this is a this is many battles. It's like a full chase action sequence battle combined. And I think that the enemies don't have that narrative necessarily that make make it go to even higher levels. It's just so almost like you're just spectacling how cool our main character is um, versus like the MMA fight, which is like a going to war between A and B. And that's sort of where I'm stuck between Sakamoto days and MMA. So I'll let you choose this, frankly, because you you have seen both of these. I have a lot of battles on here. I want you to kind of be the deciding factor here. Oh, this is tough. I I wouldn't mind giving it to MMA just because this is a series that unfortunately may not even exist next year. Um, <laughs> no, it's unfortunately you know just not doing great in table of contents and Shonen Jump and. You know, it's a ruthless business, so it, we don't know that it will have a long run. Um, so I wouldn't mind giving it, you know, this is its chance to shine. If we can give it an award this year, I'd love to be able to do that. Uh, of course, I personally enjoyed that entire flashback of Sakamoto Days more than almost anything I even read this year. So I, I think know, we got to give it to Sakamoto that Days, though. Yeah I, I, yeah, I don't want to give it a consolation prize as a non MMA person who read it. I wanted to see how you felt about it, but I don't want some sort of like, oh, it was cool to win this award. I want something that made you yeah, feel nah, something. It's Sakamoto Days. I, I, I genuinely just was mind blown by that arc and had such a blast with it. And I think, like you said earlier, like the both of us were like, this is one of the best flashback arcs I've ever read. <laughs> Without a doubt. I think it's yeah. very well deserving. This is, this is a hard fought category, but ultimately it goes to Sakamoto Days for best battle. And that leaves us with best moment, Justin, where we might have to make an adjustment, right? <laughs> Why don't you read off our nominees? And then I think instead of adding a seventh one like we did just now, I think we just got to cut one of these and replace it with something from Free Run. Okay, well, for best moment, we have Taiki and Kinatsu confession in Blue Box. We have Suka hugging Senku after seven years in Dr. Stone. We have Blue Giant finale from Blue Giant. We have Sakamoto punching a hole through a car to throw a grenade from Sakamoto Days. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have Sakuragi and Rukawa's high five while <laughs> surrounded by Asians in the first slam dunk. And we have Gohan using special beam cannon in Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Now, I know you're going to want to get rid of the Dragon Ball Superhero one. I, I know how much you hate everything about Dragon Ball Super, but I really, really enjoyed that moment. And I felt like that was something that, like, that's like 40 years worth of buildup. Sure. So so I actually had two nominees to get rid of. I, sa- I was going to say, was Gohan using Special Beam Cannon a meme, or did you actually like it? It sounds like you actually liked it. No, I really genuinely enjoyed it. Or the alternative would be probably still a better moment than a bunch of these on the list, but Shin- Shinatsu and Taiki Confession, as much as that was such a special moment, like out of spite, I kind of want to get rid of it and replace it with Free Run, you know, that, which is an actually good they series. They bamboozled us. Yeah, okay, let's get rid of that. They bamboozled us with that confession because there has been, I, I, I don't even, not even zero progress. There has been negative progress since they quote unquote began a relationship. I, I, the Blue Box is such an infuriating series. I'm going to talk about it more in our other anime of the year conversation <laughs> so let's just dump it now and leave it be so which one from wow. free are in do we want to add 
this this is such a momentous occasion. This has never happened where you were a nominee and then you got wiped off the nominee list on stage. It's like someone reading off of the panel. And it's like, actually, you're not actually nominated. Sorry about that. We're ripping up this piece of no. paper. And you know what? Like, if this was a real awards show, this was the only thing Blue Box was nominated for. And they would have shown up to this award show and been like, actually, you know what? Never mind. You're not even a part of this. <laughs> Who actually sent you an invite? You're not allowed to be here, even as an audience member. My bad. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I mean, Freerun has a few. I originally had a Freerun moment on here earlier in the year of uh, Freerun telling the undead Demon King to kill herself. Yeah. I thought that was yeah, pretty I mean, badass. That's a fantastic moment. Yeah. Um, we have Freerun crying over the loss of Himmel. We have we have Himmel risen up for your end. I, I think that Himmel risen up moment might be it. We have uh, the slow shot of Freerun's feet. Oh, that might actually be it. I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I think it's gonna be her crying at Himmel's funeral. Honestly, okay. like that's that's like I think the defining moment of that first episode that like instantly had me hooked on for your end. Where I was like, this is a special anime. I need to keep like watching this. The thing is, I think you're right, but because we didn't really know Free Run at the time, like it's like, oh, this is a special anime, but it didn't make me feel anything because we were not connected to her yet. Whereas like the proposal, you really know these characters by episode 12, 13, they're like, oh shoot, like this is making me feel the doki dokis, which is really cool. Yeah, are we talking about like what is the best moment within the context of the anime, or what is the best moment as for us as a viewer? You know what I mean? Like as a viewer, like that moment of her crying really made me like feel something about this series whereas that moment of him raising her up made me feel something like oh i love this characterization this is like awesome uh i i think that we can go with the crying because i think it's a more important moment even if i feel like there's definitely a recency bias because i watched it like two days ago mm. um even if i felt like that one gave me more feels because i knew them more personally um but yeah, let's go with himmel let's go with free Ring crying at himmel's funeral okay i Sakamoto punching a hole through the card, throw a grenade. Awesome, awesome moment. But I don't think it really has that feel factor that's important for me for best moment of the year. Like for me, best moment isn't usually just something cool. For me, it's something like that makes me have a doki doki or a feel or like, oh man, this is like impactful. So I, I would get rid of that first. You're not wrong. But also, how many times did you reread that panel? <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. It was dope. <laughs> 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 okay um okay sakamoto punching a hole through the car goes out uh honestly i think sakuragi and rukawa high-fiving while surrounded by chinese people goes out for me um too many chinese people for my taste remember people listening justin is chinese okay <laughs> <laughs> rob doing his very best to not get us canceled um I, I don't know. Like, it was cool to see it animated. This is one of the most iconic moments in Slam Dunk. It did not leave the impact that reading the manga did, uh, even though it was cool seeing it animated. I don't know how you felt. I think what I enjoyed about the moment, and I have no problem getting rid of it, is, you know, us watching it in the theater. It was, you could hear a pin drop. Sure. Like, it was it was dead silent in that movie theater of people just, like, appreciating this scene. And that, that was a cool aspect of it. And I don't. I would argue that it's not just, you know, the most impactful or most memorable scene of Slam Dunk. It's just like one of the most impactful and memorable manga panels in general is the Rukawa Sakuragi high five. You know, for sure. It's it's something special, but I 
have no problem getting rid of it. Once again, it, it's an animated scene of something we've already engaged with. You know, we've we've read this series, we've spoken about it in the past. We both love and adore Slam Dunk, but you know, there there were a lot of new things this year, and I, I think, like you said about something else, it kind of gets taxed down for being kind of an older moment in a way. I think that for anything that we've already seen, it has to do it that much better the second time in order for us to be impressed. Yeah, agreed. This is tough. Your call, Rob. You can cut one of mine, I think. Ah, man. Um, Well, I don't know what Blue Giant is, so talk to me about that. Blue Giant is the jazz movie uh, about three boys in Tokyo starting a jazz band. Um, And this was the first movie I watched when I went to Tokyo in full Japanese with no English subtitles. Uh, And I went to this tiny theater like it was the only theater in all of tokyo still playing this movie i didn't realize at the time i went to go out of like i went an hour and a half to go to this theater in the boonies um and (laughs) i get there and i was like this place looks tiny from the outside i go in it's this tiny theater with only 20 seats and i'm like is this even going to be a fun experience and it was just a really intimate screening of blue giant um and at the very end of the movie, without giving away too much spoilers, uh, the band kind of gets displaced where only two of our members are putting on a concert. Um, and you're like, oh, wow, I guess this is how they're going to end the movie, even though it was like an amazing performance. It's like, damn. And out of nowhere, a Willis Reed-like performance, the third band member comes out and performs with them um, despite any setbacks that he's had and puts on the first song that they've ever played together. Uh, and it's just like blasting this really emotional, powerful jazz music. And you hear the saxophone blaring. Um, and it was just a really cool moment, uh, both for me personally and also within the movie. I mean, that sounds awesome. That I, I can't imagine like a better type of movie to watch in like an intimate setting like that than like a jazz movie too. Yeah, yeah. There's It's, it's really hard to put into words uh, what that was like. Um, especially it being my first movie and not really understanding Japanese all too well. Once again, yeah, as like not a Japanese speaker, seeing something about music is probably the best thing you could see. Much better than seeing Digimon Adventure 2, the beginning in theaters. (laughs) That's a story for another day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this seems like a really special moment in general. I I don't think this goes yet. Um, uh, I'll get rid of Gohan using the special beam cannon. It's not going to be my moment of the year anyway. But I really did enjoy it. And part of the reason I'm getting rid of it is because I know how much you hate Dragon Ball Super. But like, <laughs> I love Piccolo. I love Piccolo's relationship with Gohan. And this movie finally felt like the character development that like they always tell us is there is like that Piccolo-Gohan fatherly relationship. But like, you know, we all know it exists. But like, it was never really explicitly done well, you know, from... In, in Dragon Ball Z and all that because it's Dragon Ball Z and I, it felt nice to finally get these moments of like Piccolo babysitting Pan and Piccolo like you know trying to keep Gohan like strong for the sake of his family and for the sake of Earth and for Gohan to finally like use special beam cannon shows like his ap- appreciation for Piccolo and I really did enjoy that yeah I, I like the heart behind it I also feel like they're sort of listening to the fans. I don't think Akira Toriyama and his crew would have thought of this himself, but they're sort of pandering. Yeah. But I'm glad they pandered. 
sometimes it's nice to be pandered to, especially when it's Dragon Ball. I, I'm not expecting anything else from Dragon Ball other than fan service and pandering. And I got it in this movie. I, I, I thought it was fun. Yeah, this is one of the aspects I really did enjoy from Dragon Ball Super. Um, I think Suika hugging Senku after seven years can go. After reading all of Dr. Stone, I think that this is the moment that kind of hit the hardest because it's like Suika's all alone, the world, the, everything almost ended for our crew. Um, and you see her as like a little kid just struggling and struggling to try and figure this out, but she never gives up. And the moment she finally does um, through seven years of trial and error uh, and she just like embraces Senku, uh, it, it's really emotional, really powerful. Let me tell you, reading that week to week was it was even more of a rewarding moment. I think you can say it was a drag. Like, especially that, that whole, no, 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 that whole arc, like watching everyone just like die and <laughs> you know, everything go to absolute hell was like crazy. I really like, that was, that was some of the peak of Dr. Stone. And then for Suka to finally like basically save humanity and, you know, able to have that sigh of relief that she's like not alone anymore. I thought that was a great moment. I, I wish I had that week to week experience because I think the tension would have been like boiling in yeah, yeah. at that point. Yeah, it um, was. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that you also really enjoyed that as well because uh, we haven't really no, had I'm a chance to, to talk about here. Dr. Stone. Yeah. So I think we're left with Free Ren crying at Himmel's funeral, our latest edition, and the Blue Giant finale. Rob, I'll, I'll ultimately let you decide how strongly you feel about the crying at Himmel's funeral. I thought it was, it was a really cool moment, really made me make this anime special for this year i think for me personally blue giant is just going to be like a core memory for me but i I'm yeah looking... i have no problem with you doing blue giant i think that's that's a really special thing you got to experience i think that was probably the perfect type of movie to see you know while in japan in that intimate setting that, that all sounds awesome i have no problem with this being the moment of the year okay um no i appreciate that rob i'm looking through the list and it feels like i won or i'm really satisfied with a lot of the results uh that came out of here a lot of them are my picks um so i'm, I'm happy to go free run if you want to balance it out a little bit no no I, I have no problem with this it sounds like a really special moment and you know what just getting broken games as our op of the year is enough for me to be happy <laughs> <laughs> okay. especially after my yatsuba sweep two years ago okay then I'll, I'll take it i will take that uh that, that prize for me and blue giant finale takes it for best moment of the year what a beautiful year we had, Justin. 2023. Not bad. It Honestly, I, I just wanted to thank you, Rob, first of all, just for supporting me because this was a, a tough year for me. Um, and also for all of our viewers for, for being there for us. We hit 1,000 subscribers this year and we took two hiatuses, one for, for personal reasons, for family sickness and another one because I was away. And um, for everyone who stuck around for this long, really just genuinely can't thank you guys enough for, for listening to us. And if, especially if you made it through this hour long podcast, uh, thank you so much for listening. You're our real protagonist of the year. The fans. <laughs> oh, Rob. No, that was free. Come on. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for listening. Next week, we'll be releasing our anime of the year where our 71 series that we have watched and read compete against each other for the title of strongest under the heavens so that will be like a two to three hour spectacle please stay tuned for that and we'll see you guys soon